0: Hello, I'm Ian Madison, a fellow in the International Development Department and producer of season two of the Refugee Realities podcast series. In this series, students on the Forced Migration and Refugees course at LSE bring us interviews with a range of people on the topic, covering the policies and politics that shape asylum to the experiences of refugees themselves. In this podcast, Yujia Zhang invites two women, Nadia and Fatima, to talk about their stories as both refugees and social workers in Lebanon. Nadia, a third generation Palestinian refugee, lives in the Beka Valley. Currently, she's the director of the Manara Center of the Lighthouse Peace Initiative, an NGO offering English and art training to refugee students. Fatima, a successful businesswoman in Damascus, became a refugee in 2013 due to the Syrian war and fled to Beirut. In 2019, she founded her own social enterprise-making embroidery. Yujia sits down to discuss their different living experience as refugees, to hear them share inspiring stories from their work, and how their work has impacted the lives of other refugees. Yujia Zhang is an MSc student in the IDHE program at LSE. Prior to LSE, Yujia worked in the communication team of Common Future Foundation a China-based NGO which assists refugees in Lebanon, where she had the chance to encounter the two guest speakers and their organizations featured in this podcast. During her work, she and her team worked closely with partner organizations and produced dozens of interviews and stories, a comic book, and a board game on the topic of displacement. I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Today, we are glad to have two guests to join us, Nadia Vidani and Fatima Khalifa. Nadia and Fatima are both refugees living in Lebanon, while they are also social workers dedicated to improve life of others. To briefly introduce these two brilliant women, Nadia is a third generation of Palestinian refugees whose grandparents were forced to leave their home in 1948 after the founding of Israel. Since the Nakba, her family moved to Baker Valley, the central region in Lebanon. And there, Nadia was born and raised. After receiving university education in Lebanon, Nadia worked in the humanitarian sector for years. And now, she's working as the director of Manara Center of Lighthouse Peace Initiative in Baker Valley, where refugees have the chance to receive English and art lessons in order to acquire skills for work. Before leaving her homeland, Fatima was a successful businesswoman who ran a beauty center in Damascus, the capital of Syria. However, due to the Syrian war, she and her three children were forced to leave their country in 2013. They settled in a camp in Beirut, the capital city of Lebanon. To make a living, Fatima tried a lot of jobs. And finally, in 2019, she managed to find a social enterprise called the Jenna Studio, where she teaches other women about embroidery skills and sell embroidery works to customers across the world. So today, they will share with us their different living experience as refugees in Lebanon, and their empowering stories of self-help and helping others. First, could you please introduce yourself?
2: Okay, my name is Nadia Ardeni. I work as a project manager in an organization. I am originally from Palestine, but i born here in Lebanon. My mother is Lebanese, and I've been working in the humanitarian sector for almost five years. I My, my major at the university is totally different from the, the, the major at my work, but the point, because I have passion in humanitarian work, I decided to continue working in, in this field because for me as a refugee, if. Uh, you cannot feel the pain of others if you not already suffered from the same pain. Since I am a refugee, so my main purpose is to help other refugees and to, to tell them that they they are human beings, they matter, they, they have potential to do a lot of things, they can achieve their dreams and they have the right to dream.
1: Thank you, Nadia. And Fatima?
3: Uh, I'm, Fatima Khalifa. I'm Fatima Khalifa, from Syria, from the Golan Heights. I have been to Lebanon, from 2013, as a refugee because of the Syrian war. I currently live in burushi la camp with my seven-year-old daughter.
1: May I ask how was the journey from Syria to Lebanon? Was it very
4: difficult? I'm
3: sure there were serious difficulties. The war was spreading all over Syria during that time. We faced a lot of difficulties and obstacles for moving, when left from one region to another, until we escaped. We're glad you made it through. Next question is about both of
1: your living experience as refugees. So Nadia, what is the life like as a Palestinian refugee in Bekaa Valley?
2: I'll talk uh, about Palestinian refugees in general because in Bekaa Valley, there is, not a, the, there is a few Palestinians that they live here. Palestinian refugees are mostly located in Beirut, Saida, Tripoli. So here in Bekaa Valley, we have only one, one camp for Palestinian refugees. It's in Baalbaq and uh, the living condition is is not uh, it's not that good it's it's a very bad living condition to be honest it's miserable because uh, as a palestinian refugees we are deprived from our civil rights so we have no right to to work we can work but not um, and yani it's not like the jobs that we dream to do It the living situation is really bad because they live really in small houses in and in it's like a compound not a, a separate house it's too close to each other and it's a small one so the life uh, for the palestinian here in lebanon is really hard but i'll be positive in another way because we are most of us are educated we are seeking for better opportunities we we, we try to be the the, the ones that uh, everyone can uh, depend on since we are educated so we can get some opportunities but uh, it's not that uh, that much because uh, as i said we are we are deprived from our civil rights for example if uh, i i studied by medical science at the university but i cannot open my own laboratory just because i am palestinian And for some of the companies, as a Palestinian, you cannot get a good position. You just be a normal worker, not a manager. So this is is the life of Palestinians here in Lebanon. And we we are being treated in a very bad way. The Lebanese law is so racist.
1: So unlike other refugees, such as Syrian refugees in Baker Valley, where most of them live in tents and in one of the UNHCR's camps, Palestinian refugees here living more like in small villages.
2: For Syrian refugees, the camps are for tents. For the Palestinian refugees, the camps is is a small house. As you know, we are here from uh, 1948. So, of course, they will not stay living in a tent for 72 years. But they are living a normal trying to live a normal life you know why because we are the third generation here in lebanon so we are trying to adapt to every single situation we pass through there is a lot of obstacles but we are always challenging ourselves just to to survive here in lebanon and you know now the economic crisis is really Going bad and uh, everything is is so so weird and expensive. So we are trying for all refugees it's all, and especially in Bekaa Valley because there is uh, uh, there is there is no opportunities like in Beirut. In Beirut it's a city, so you can find a job. But in Bekaa Valley it's harder to find a job. So we are trying to survive in Lebanon nowadays.
1: Okay, thank you. Well, at the same time, Buja Camp, where Fatima lives, is actually one of the Palestinian refugee camps in Beirut City. Yet, it is not consisted of tents. It's more like a city slum, consists of unfinished buildings and exposed wires. So Fatima, could you please tell us what is life like in the Buja Camp? To summarize my life in Burji is the hardest period of my life. If comparing the life in Buja camp and life back in Syria, what do you think is the biggest change?
4: Uh,
3: the difference is quite huge. In Syria, I was a lady with value and a big family. I used to have house and work and lead a respectable life. At least I had never felt frightened. I couldn't image that one day I would fear and feel hopeless. In Lebanon, everything is totally different. I became a refugee woman. I am responsible for three children and one little girl living with me. I, have, I live in the camp. I live in pain in all senses. I take the responsibility for the family, for the asylum, to seek house and transport. I pay for everything. If I don't work day and night, I cannot provide anything for my children. Thus, the difference between life in Syria and life here in a camp is huge, quite huge.
4: Is there a big difficulty in finding jobs in Lebanon? Of course,
3: I find the difficulties when looking for a job. First, as a refugee, the main and fundamental reason is because of the law, which sets restriction to Syrian and Palestinian refugees. Second, due to the economic situation, economic chaos emerges in Lebanon. It's very tiring to look for a job. There's question whether the job you are doing now will continue to tomorrow morning or not.
4: غير,
1: غير Thank you. Previously, Nadia also mentioned about the difficulty finding a job, even as a well-educated young person. Could you please tell us more? Uh, as
2: I said, most of the Palestinian refugees are educated because we have Onorwa schools, and the Onorwa school is a school for only Palestinian refugees. The Onorwa schools are from grade one till high school. After that, we should enter the universities it's uh, uh, either a private university or a public university but there is no restriction for education for palestinians in lebanon you can you can get the degree that you you dream in but the point you cannot work you you will it's it's too difficult to find a job and uh, if you apply for a job outside lebanon it's hard to get an approval
1: Thank you. So for Fatima, did the difficulty in finding jobs become one of the reasons for you to start a Janus studio?
3: Right. It was the main reason and the first thing in my mind was how I could work as a refugee and how some Syrian and Palestinian refugees can work with me inside camp. We thought that the most important step was to establish this studio.
1: Indeed. But we also know that there are several different gangs controlling the Buzha camp. So to start your studio, you would have to get approval from them. How did you
3: manage to do that? There are big divergences between various factions within the camp. The studio is completely independent and isn't affiliated to any side faction, country, or political tendency. I only work with other people and remain neutral towards everything happening in the camp. Wow, that is indeed the best way.
1: What about Nadia? How did you start to work in the Lighthouse Peace Initiative, namely the LPI?
2: I used to work with different organizations for three years. And while I was working, I noticed that most of organization concentrate a lot on women and kids, ignoring teenager and young adults. And for me, they can do a lot. They have a lot of potential and they have a lot of energy that we can use in a good way. So an idea came up to me that I should work with this age group because I work with women, I work with kids, with, with elders, but but I, I never work with teenager and young adults. And I see myself through them. So and I know that they are all traumatized, that they are all have trauma. So uh, I started to search for something that can help them recover from their trauma in a way. Another way, a place where they can express themselves. So the idea was to to work with them through art, like to do classes related to theater, music, interior design, filmmaking. Uh, And that's how I started. I started in 2015, in September. Uh, and uh, my project was a pilot project because I want to do after that an evaluation for my project. The pilot project was about a week where I can where I will do uh, music classes, theater classes, English classes, and interior design classes. After the, this week, I did an evaluation, and what I saw is that there is the teenager and young adult was really happy expressing everything they have inside. They were acting in a way that I found they are really talented. Why don't we uh, use this talent to let them benefit from it? I decided to continue working in this domain, art and education. In in October, we created another project, which is a filmmaking project, because the founder of this organization is a filmmaker. Uh, He's a director, and he knows a lot about filmmaking. So I asked him to do a a course about filmmaking. We did three short films, and they were really successful with with our students. Within three, three weeks, we did three short films. Uh, we found that they are talented that that they have a lot of energy that uh, they should use in discipline we created a place where they can feel safe comfortable a place where they can express themselves and to see the world from another perspective, because for me they are not born to live in a in a camp. They are not born to live only in a tent. They they can see the world from another perspective, and they will try to change their living condition. And that's what happened with with us. I started a project by only four thousand, and now we are paying monthly four thousand.
1: Wow! Congratulations. So, what does LPI currently do? Where are students from and what courses are you offering now?
2: They are from all from Bipa Valley, from different camps here in Lebanon. We are, uh, I, will, I will talk about the courses we are providing here. We are giving music courses. Uh, our, mu- our music project is uh, divided into two parts. The first part is playing an instrument, root. And the other part is for the beneficiaries, that they have a good voice, that they know how to sing well. So we help them to sing correctly with the teachers. For the theater class, we have a a group of very talented uh, students. For the English classes, we have two two groups, the beginner group and advanced group. Uh, For filmmaking, uh, we have... uh, now around uh, 20 new students, because we worked already with 10 and they are now part of RPI, called Young Syrian Filmmakers. And now we are trying to work with another group uh, consisting from 20 members. For the filmmaking, our students, we are working with them from from the beginning of our project. From October till now, we're still working with them. We did six short films. And last year in June, we, we shot a, a long film, a horror film, and it's a commercial one, 90-minute film. We are trying to sell it now. Uh, the money that we will get back, it's going to go to, to the students and to the LPO.
1: We wish the film can be sold soon. And for our audience, if you are interested in previous films created by LPI, you can watch From the Front Line on Venmo. Just a quick follow-up question. What are the nationalities of the current students?
2: Uh, most of them are Syrians. Let's say we have 70% Syrian refugees and 20% Palestinian and Lebanese. We will come the most vulnerable students.
1: Thank you. I'd like to ask the same question to Fatima. Could you please tell us something about current Jana studio, such as how many members are there, where are they from, and what do you make
4: now?
3: Currently, members of the studio are around 30 women, Syrian and Palestinian women. Also, there are also Libanian women working in this place. There are not clear and guaranteed life projects for the job for the studio. I'm clear that what I want to do in the future, but there's nothing certain. Especially after three or four days from now, one dollar will increase to thirty-seven thousand or even forty thousand Lebanese pounds. The inflation is very terrible. We work with some international companies and designers, and this is the only certain thing for the Jana studio. But after that, there is no guarantee. Especially when the rents of the place increase continually, the price of water and electricity rises unceasingly. The costs of transport skyrocket every day. I am fatigued. Of the studio. I am fatigued of my role as the manager. I am required to pay more efforts and costs to stay in this place or only to exist. Well, I guess we all hope the
1: economic condition in Lebanon can be better soon. May I ask, what are the common
3: products of the studio? <laughs> Mostly, the products are clothes, dresses, and suits, or small bags, for example. Or maybe sometimes wedding dress and something related to wedding.
1: I'm curious, how did you learn embroidery? Did you learn it in Syria?
4: After I came to Lebanon, I worked
3: in a local organization, and some women took up this job. This was the beginning as a small career. After that, I fell in love with this area and decided to do this by myself. I engaged more in this area until I became knowledgeable in aspects of this field.
1: Then what about other members in the studio? Do they know how to make embroidery before joining the studio? Before
3: coming to the studio, they didn't have any experience in sewing. After they came to the studio, I taught them everything here. Wow, that must be a lot of teaching. So
1: among the people you two have worked with, either women in Jenna studio or students in LPI, could each of you share with us one story that impressed you most? Okay,
2: I will share a story of a student. He is in, in theater class. He's 27 years. I don't want to mention his name. I will just tell you a story. Uh, let's say that his name is Ahmed. Ahmed was born in, in a family where when he was born, his mother and his father was divorced, where uh, his mother should take care of him in everything and in every single detail. Once, uh, and his father doesn't, doesn't want him in his life. So his mother, after I think he was seven years, she decided to get married. Uh, So his stepfather started treating him in a very bad way. He was being beaten and hit by uh, his stepfather without any reason. And after his mother gave birth to another kid, uh, he started to, to notice the dis- discrimination among family members, especially from his stepfather, because he's not his real father. He started working in a very young age, and uh, in 2012, the Syrian crisis began. So he was working with his uh, relative, and once his friend invited him to drink coffee he went there to drink coffee with his friend and when they were returning back to his work uh, a person were holding a gun and Because he he was coming from a place they think it's related to to the party that is against the one is holding the gun. So they shot him. After after that, he suffered a lot in the hospital because they cannot treat him and he was bleeding. They took him to another hospital. It's a hospital where they can treat the, the patient that they are from the revolution side. And when he reached the hospital, he, he, he lost his conscience for around uh, two days. Uh, after that, uh, he did, uh, I think, 18 surgeries. It all was not successful. After uh, one month, he left the hospital and he returned back to his house. At the house, he didn't continue his, uh, his medication because he doesn't have enough money and he needs a lot of surgeries. After three or four months, he decided to come here to Lebanon through mountains. And the the journey from Syria to Lebanon was too difficult uh, for him because he was injured. After he reached Lebanon, he went to a hospital. He tried to to register the UNHCR to help him in his medication, but nothing works. He lived uh, in a street for several days because he knows nobody here. He started to work and to depend on him. Uh, Even he was injured and he... So he worked in different uh, places just to be able to, to provide his his basic needs and a place to a shelter for him. After that, he discovered that he loves theater and he, he has something for theater. So he started to work on this thing, searching for a places where he can show his talent and express the emotions he, he has. He started to do short videos about, it's a, like a comedy videos, not a drama ones because he has a lot of drama in his life. So he tried to, to let others laugh. He doesn't want them to, to cry. I'm talking about him, you know why? Because I see the strength in his eyes. He suffered a lot from his childhood, from the day when he was born. Till now he's suffering, but he never stopped dreaming. He's working in his dream because his dream is to become a famous actor and he's really talented. So even they suffer a lot, even they witness a lot, even their, their trauma is really difficult. They still have hope and they are working to achieve their dreams.
1: Thank you so much for this inspiring story, and Fatima?
4: uh,
3: Most of them here have different stories and lives. Some of them get married and some of them not. Responsible for children. Some of them still continue their study and some of the girls stop their study and do not go out except to their studio. The most beautiful stories for the studio are the stories of Allah Heba and Duha. These girls didn't have chance to continue their study in Lebanon. And their parents don't allow them to go out, just like other girls. It is forbidden to go out for shopping, entertainment, picnic rest with friends. They only stay at home. The studio is the major and only exit for them to go out. This is the most significant achievement, and I feel I really did something for these three girls. In fact, they are very smart and diligent. They have ambitions, dreams, and future, But they can't do anything with these dreams. I hope this studio will remain and there will be a good opportunity of work or study to these girls. I'm not sure what will happen, but I hope there will be something good to them.
1: So, making embroidery isn't just about income
4: the
3: change is to meet others women come here meet each other and drink coffee in the morning it is like a coffee break of work or maybe it is more like a club like we go to a club even sometimes we don't have to work we get together only to enjoy coffee and chatting and then go back to home the studio in fact is a safe and comfortable place to express affairs which cannot be expressed at home we can describe it as spir- spiritual all people in the studio all women in the studio they are nice women they are not gossipy and troublemaker they are peaceful kind and protector of the environment and social responsibility the feel that this place becomes a family. This place becomes a part of their lives, not only income, but also a life for them. I'm so happy for them.
1: Since we are close to an end, do you have any last words for our audience? Nadia, please.
2: Yeah, what, what I want to say is that I, I I mentioned it before. I want the world to know that refugees matter and they are a human being they born to live in a dignity they have they have the potential to do a lot of things and they can change the world uh, whatever the the situation and the condition they are living in it for me i hate the word refugee because it 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 hurts me but uh, what i like about it that uh, we through this world we can show the the, the world in general, that we are a human being, that we are educated, that we, we can change a lot of, th- of things, and we have potential to do many things that a lot of people that they are living in our countries that respect them and have full rights cannot do it.
1: Thank you. And what about Fatima? What's your next plan
3: and what the last words you want to say? In the following days, the first goal for the studio is to keep the place open, to keep the door open, to protect girls. Second, with the economic recession in Lebanon, I hope I can have a bigger place, more refugee women in Lebanon join, and export more to the world. I hope this will happen in the future. I hope the world will always remember there are people still who want to work and live with dignity. There are really diligent and great women. It is necessary to provide them with help as much as possible. We don't want material help. We don't want given money. We need job, more chances for work and orders. It should be better known that studio has many designers and tailors who are working for clothes and bags. This is what I really hope.
1: Thank you. And many thanks to both of you and your wonderful work. For audience who wish to support the Dreamcatcher in LPI, you can search lpicorp.org to do some shopping or make donations. Or you can also direct donate to LPI's PayPal account, flightoftherefugees at gmail.com. And for audience who wish to purchase any embroidery work from Jenna Studio, where your company has intention to work with Fatima and other talented designers and tailors in the studio, you can contact Fatima through email. FatimaHalifa1071976 at gmail.com And the spelling is F-A-T-I-M-A-K-H-L-I-F-A. And this is all for this podcast. Again, thanks to our guests and thank you for listening. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode in season two of the Refugee Realities podcast series, hosted by the Department of International Development at the LSE and made possible by the Eden Catalyst Fund. We have more episodes on the way, so please do stay tuned.